guys. Welcome back to Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder, back with me is Jacob Resnick. What's up, pal? Doing well. Uh, glad to glad to be back. I I um, I had the the episode that you taped with with Andrew. Uh, I had it ready in my queue to listen to. I finally got to listen to it the other day, and uh, just want to say, Andrew, we miss you. We miss you as a regular on the show. But it was it was great to hear from him as always. Yeah. Oh man, we had we have anytime Andrew comes on, we have a blast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, good times. But um, hey, uh, still some exciting stuff in Flushing. Uh, believe it or not, the Mets are still alive. Doesn't matter if they keep uh, alternating wins and losses with this wild 2020 season. Uh, still in the hunt. But first things first, um, we got to talk about a tremendous loss for the Mets and Major League Baseball this week. Uh, Hall of Famer and franchise icon uh, Tom Seaver passed away this week uh complications of his ongoing battle with dementia which you know he retired from the public eye a few years ago and um uh, also complications from covid which is just you know that's a whole nother uh subject we won't get into but very unfortunate um extremely sad uh, i know for me and you jacob we are uh too young to have seen i guess Seaver, but um i'm a little older than you i'm in my mid-30s and you know, my, my father, his brothers, any, any fans of his age, of that age, I should say. Um, you know, this was a guy who, uh, you know, this was their hero. This was, um, and that, you know, that reverberated through the next generations. And, uh, you know, the feeling, the, the feeling of loss and the, the, <clears throat> the magnitude of loss that that comes along with a passing of, of of somebody like Tom Seaver. It's um, you know, it sends shockwaves, and you know, it, it's a it's a it's a very very sad and solemn week. But you know, there's business to take care of on the field, and you know, this team is still in the thick of things. And I think we saw it on the the first game they played after his passing. You know, there was a um a rejuvenation there. You got to hope that they can continue that, but um. Jacob, what was your what were your takeaways from uh, from such a uh, you know such a just a, a huge huge loss in Tom Seaver's passing? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, you know like like you mentioned, uh, neither of us were were blessed to have have seen him pitch, but um, just the the lasting impact that he left on this franchise and their fans, and um, you know it's just really something special. Uh, and, and it's something you feel, you know, generations removed from, from his last, last game with the Mets. Um, you know, you, you still, you're still able to appreciate just what he meant to this organization and, and really his place in baseball history, which is just, um, something that's really hasn't been matched by, by anyone, um, who can, you know, really call themselves a, a, a Met, you know, before any other. And the other team, you know, the guys have come in, in and out of the organization. There, there have been plenty of Hall of Famers to, to make stops in, in Queens, but um, very few, uh, really only Seaver and Piazza, can you say, where, you know, they were, they were Mets. Um, and, and obviously um, Seaver coming, coming in, jo- you know, joining the, uh, the organization, coming up to the majors in, uh, in 67. Um, really, it was uh, the franchise had been, uh, the laughing stock of baseball for for you know the first however many years of of their existence, and then uh, you know 
obviously baseball is a team game and, and lots of guys contribute to it, but he really single-handedly brought this team from, or this franchise, uh, from being a laughing stock to uh, a World Series winner. Uh, and obviously brought them there again in, in 73. And, and then, of course, his, his exit, which was, uh, you know, well chronicled and, and a lot, lot has been written and talked about and, and how uh, a lot of people dropped, certainly dropped the ball on, uh, on that situation. But, um, you know, he's, he's responsible for, for getting this franchise off the ground. Uh, and, and turning it, I mean, you hear guys like Gary Cohen and, and Howie Rose who who lived it, and they were, you know, about my age, a little younger when when they Mets won the World Series in in '69, and uh, they saw Seaver uh, come up to the majors and, and establish himself. Um, you hear them talk about just what he meant to uh, the concept of being um, either a member of the Mets organization or being a Mets fan. Um, you know, this is someone who obviously we know was uh, otherworldly on the field, but had such an impact um, just with the concept of the Mets um, and, and just everything uh, that the organization represented just completely shifted with him. Um, you know, and, and fortunately, he was able to to come back and be part of the organization as a, as a broadcaster, as an ambassador. Um, I was... Uh, extremely extremely fortunate to to be able to meet him once uh when i was 11 years old shortly after my uh my my stint as as mets kidcaster all the way way back when <laughs> um that was nine years ago um i had uh when i got in the booth like, you know garrett gary cohen had asked me who my favorite player was i said it's jose reyes now but all time it's got to be got to be tom Seaver. And I, you know i was 11 and of course i had never seen tom Seaver play but you know i knew what he meant to the organization. Um, and then after that, there was a, an event held at City Field a couple of weeks later and, and, and Tom, as well as a few other uh, 69 Mets, uh, Buddy Harrelson, uh, Ed Greenpool were all there and I was invited and, and got, a, got a minute or two to, to, to hang out with Tom and, and he, he took me aside and we uh, kind of walked through, walked through the, uh, the City Field concourse a little bit and sat in the and a couple of the seats at the back of, of, the, of one of the sections. And um, just, you know, I was starstruck, whatever you want to call it, just to, to be in the presence of, of someone who uh, left such a, a mark on, on baseball and especially the Mets. So, um, you know, I was fortunate to have that experience and, and fortunate that, um, you know, we were able to see him show up at the, the 2013 All-Star Game and I uh, got to see him with, with David Wright and obviously the, the closing of Shea and the opening of City Field, that moment he shared with Mike Piazza. Um, you know, unfortunately, he wasn't able to be around much recently. And um, obviously the 50th anniversary of the 69 World Series winning team, he wasn't able to you know take part in, in that celebration. And obviously when your, your best player isn't there, um, it feels like there's a big hole uh, missing. So, you know, definitely have to cherish the, uh, the good memories and, and just appreciate what he meant to this organization. Um, you know, really, really sucks that he, he, um, he struggled with what he did. Um, you know, the Lyme disease really, really hurt him and, and the right. dementia is just, it's just a killer for anyone. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely hurts that, that he went through those struggles, but, um, you know, man, I mean, you just coming from me, someone who, who never saw him play years removed from, from when he played to, to feel that loss as, as greatly as I did. Um, you gotta be pretty special to, uh, to have that kind of impact on people.
Oh, that legacy. I mean, you know, to like you said, to have all right, so <laughs> first things first, to lead a team in your your second well, well, I guess your third season, your third professional season. And you know, of course Gil Hodges was the was the field general and and there were veteran there was veteran leadership on that sixty nine team, but you know, Tom Seaver as a you know, mid twenties, three years into the season, three years into his career, um, you know, he kind of embodied that determination to turn things around and it all started with him. And yeah, that lasting impression is just so, so special. Um, one of my first memories, I said it on Twitter right after uh, we heard of his passing earlier in the week. One of my first memories of going to a baseball game is going to Tom Seaver night in 1988, uh, when they retired his Jersey and, you know, we had good seats. My father was psyched to bring, I was, you know, I think five, maybe six years old. So, you know, it's like I said, very, very early on, but this is the first time I ever saw my dad cry. And, um, you know, growing up with VHSs of the 1986 world series and whenever we watch it, all we hear, Oh, you know, look at Tom Seaver in a Red Sox uniform. It's just, you know, I finally grasped that over the, over years. And, um, just knowing the, the, the weight that him and his, his legacy held among fans of a certain age, um, it just makes the loss even more, you know, even more painful. And, uh, you know, you know, you just hope that the Mets can do something to honor his legacy and whether that's as an organization or whether that's on the field this year, you know, win one for fucking win for, win one for time. I mean, you know, do just do the right thing. It's such a shame that we never got that. He never got to see his, a statue. Considering he is a you know a cornerstone, a foundation of this franchise, he is the franchise. Um, you know, I mean, how do you how do you wait thirty, forty years to even consider something like that? You know, that would be second nature to any other organization. This is our legend. We got to build a statue outside of of our stadium. It's just beyond me. I I, I don't get it at all. No, no, there's, there's no explanation for it. And whatever goes on behind the scenes, that's one thing. But, um, you know, that falls directly on the decision makers for not doing They, You know, City Field should have been opened with a Tom Seaver statue outside. Um, you know, if it was up to me, you'd have a, a statue of Ralph Kiner with a microphone in his hand outside. Uh, you know, they're missing the point on so many levels. I'll, I'm going to agree with Brody. Just, you know, they just don't get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know he was talking about Manfred, but you know, he was kind of, you know, pushing, pushing multiple buttons there, but you know, to, to just not grasp how to do things at a, at a leadership uh, top of the chain level, um, especially when it comes to, you know, the player, you know, they had, they, they probably had more pomp and circumstance for David Wright's send off than they did for Tom Seaver. And that's just, you know, David Wright earned every single accolade and every tear and every, uh, you know, clap of applause um, throughout his career. But, you know, and don't get me wrong, anytime Seaver showed up to the stadium, it was magical. The place lit up, um, you know, grown adults cheering and yelling like they're seven-year-old kids. It was just, you know, anytime he showed his face around City Field or around Shea Stadium, it, it was it was a beautiful thing. It, you know, <laughs> the you felt the energy. But, uh yeah, uh, the way that this this organization kind of left him out in the cold over the last, you know, I don't know, couple of decades, maybe you want to say, because they had so many opportunities to to really um, 
go above and beyond. And I hope once fans are back, hopefully next year, they, they have something very nice planned. And I know they still have numbers to retire that they didn't do this year. And um, you'd like to hope they incorporate something and, and just, you know, got to get that statue up. That's just, uh, that's how you pass along the legacy generation to generation. When your kid or your nephew or your niece or whatever, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Tom Seaver. And, and you know, that's, um, that's how you that that's how this works. That's how this the 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 Mets fandom legend passes on. It's from telling the stories and and boy, that's a uh, that's a good story to tell. Absolutely, and I think the best, really most poignant tweet I saw, and again, you know, this always happens. I can't remember who who posted it, but someone said, you know, something to the effect of. Um, my dad is the reason why I love the Mets and Tom Seaver is the reason why my dad loves the Mets, something like yeah. that. And I think, oh. I think that's, that's so true for, for so many people, so many people. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. We, we didn't have, you know, 20 something championships to, to hang our hat on. We had success stories. We had, you know, we had storylines that transcended the field and were just only explained his magic and that's what that team was and that's what tom seaver was he landed here because of a coin toss like or whatever it was what was it it was a it was a it was a, a name pulled out of a hat so oh sorry like okay all yeah, right so yeah. you know just star-crossed stuff man and it, it's just uh what a huge loss and, and you know i can't harp on it enough like me and jacob have never we never saw tom Seaver pitch except in clips and only heard stories and still you know just the 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 heaviness of it all uh is not lost on us and i think that should say a lot but um you know 2020 is not over yet guys the mets can still pull one out for tom terrific and uh you know we we look at the schedule man and there's still uh, a little bit of time left and because of the wacky season, the Mets are only, what, two games out of a playoff spot? Two and a half games out? I mean, it's so weird. You just you feel you have these crushing losses like like the one on, on Monday. Um, and they're the type of losses that in a, a normal September, you'd feel like, uh, oh, you know, this is, this is the nail in the coffin. Um, and now it's like, okay, we lost, but, like, we could – win two in a row and now we're we're in a playoff position so um it's just an uncomfortable unsettling just weird way to to navigate these these last few weeks of the season but you know any anything's possible they have uh you know a pair against the orioles coming up and and three with the blue jays and then perhaps a revenge series with the with the phillies after that so um it's just it's it's probably going to take until the very end of the season to to get fully adjusted to kind of what we're watching right now. Well, you know, I think fully adjusted is a, um is a keyword, and I think that you know the 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 wacky start or the the extended off season, however you want to put it, um, you know, we we've seen inconsistency from certain guys. Look at Pete Alonso. I know we talk about him every week, but it's kind of been an ongoing little you know storyline that um you know. <sighs> I don't want to say Pete is the motor that kind of moves this thing, but boy, when he's hitting, this team is doing really, really cool things. And um, he started slow, and that's kind of understandable. It was a very wacky offseason. He started getting hot, and then uh, the COVID pause that the Mets experienced, and uh, it took him a little while to find his stroke after that. And then over the last few games, he's kind of 
you know, he's found his stroke again. He's hitting the ball very hard. He's got a bunch of home runs. Um, you know, flashes of Pete Alonso from 2019, and that's that's always a great thing. Uh, McNeil's back around. Just, you know, it takes rhythm for ball players to fall into line and to and to to really find their groove. And it seems like the Mets just haven't really been able to find that rhythm. And in, in the grand scheme, this has only been a quarter of a season in in a, in a real season. And now, you know, 40, 40 something, 41, 42 games in, uh, we're looking down the down the calendar and there's two and a half weeks of games left. So, um, you know, get hot at the right time. Uh, the starting pitching, of course, I mean, the amount of injuries and so on and so forth were, you know, couldn't have been uh, predicted. But there's still I want to say that there's juice left that can put this team into a position to make some waves if they get into the show, into the dance. I mean, you, you see games like you know, the the Yankee game. They were they were able to go up against a good team and and um, tie the game off Chapman and, and end up winning it and uh, putting up fourteen runs on the Phillies. I mean, you know this this team is um, they they they. I mean, what whatever however you want to phrase it, they they have the pieces. They they need to get everything clicking. Um, I mean, we've and we've talked about the same kind of theme all season. It's just really. Uh, is the bullpen going to, um, you know, pick their pick their stuff up and and be consistent? But um, no, I mean, on 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 true talent level, I mean, this team is is easily at least the second second and at least playoff spot. Um, but are they going to be able to to put the the performances together? Um, and I, I really don't see any reason why they can't because um, it's not like this division has been. Uh, very inspiring this season, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you got to love guys like like Pete coming around. McNeil is is hitting. I mean, <laughs> you look up and the guy who was struggling all season. You look up and now he's he's bordering on three hundred. Um, and and Pete, who just two weeks ago had like three or four home runs, and now he's at ten. So, um, you know, these are these these are good baseball players who um, who are. Uh, you know, going to going to play up to what we expect them to. I mean, this is you know, sixty games in in a normal season is is no way to to judge a, a player's true talent level. So um, we're we're really experiencing the uh, <laughs> the, the the extremes of, of what these guys uh, are able to produce. Um, they just need to hit the the ninetieth percentile outcome <laughs> for for this stretch run. And I think, you know, guys like Michael Conforto and Dominic Smith, who um, have, you know, there's been really no inconsistencies with these guys. They're just, they're absolutely raking. Michael Conforto's having an MVP caliber season. I know that looking back and it's a 60 game season, it's like, oh, well, you know, so guys who win the awards, they might not be looked back upon as true award winners, but it doesn't matter. Everyone's on the same playing field here. And Michael Conforto's having an MVP level season. Um, it's just fun to see. And, and, of course, we've talked about Dom Smith. But, you know, the, the weapons are there. Uh, the bullpen is certainly in a cause for concern. Um, gotta love what Edwin, Edwin Diaz is doing. And he has his moments, of course. That, you know, And what Mets reliever hasn't had their moments? And this is going back decades. But, um, you know, let's take Sunday, for example. Uh, Monday, excuse me. The, you know the Mets fought back. They they showed life. They got they took the lead for for a little while. And and um you know 
I'm not going to say the Phillies are are a good team, but right now they're a playoff team, and that was playoff atmosphere. And you know, Miguel Miguel Castro, for as much as I love his stuff, he's got to shut the door there. Yeah, I mean he he was was missing to the complete opposite side of the plate, and uh, leaving. I mean, obviously the the Segura home run was. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you could throw a pitch uh, in. In his wheelhouse, any better than that? So, oh, uh, that was a rocket. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, shades of, of the the one that Diaz gave up uh, in in Philadelphia last year. Um, but you know, it, it's it, it's not the time to still be kind of working out the kinks and like, all right, maybe this guy's going to get back on track. You know, th- this is this is the time to bear down um, and. I think that when Castro has an outing like that, it stings a little more because they, they sought him out, <laughs> you know, at the, at the deadline, they, they gave up um, a prospect that um, they were high on anyone, anyone. And, and there are people uh, who will try to tell you the opposite, but anyone um, who says that uh, this organization thought Kevin Smith was expendable or didn't, didn't think he had a, a high enough ceiling. Uh, I, I would, ask you to look at how many how many pitchers in this organization over the last however many years have reached double a by the end of their first full pro season uh it it just doesn't happen so um and and this guy was in major league spring training before his second pro season so um kevin smith was was not just some guy that they were just like all right let's let's toss him toss him in this trade because we we think he's expendable. I mean, that combined with the fact that clearly they they have struggled with their starting pitching, struggled um, to find depth or, or to plug in for injuries. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't think they, they thought Kevin Smith was was expendable. And, and that's coming from someone who, who didn't love his profile as much as some other people have. Uh, so, um, you know, M- Miguel Castro, they... They certainly wanted him. You know, it wasn't just like, okay, this is our last. We really wanted a reliever. He was the last resort. You know, I really think that that he was a guy that they they really wanted, and and think with a couple of adjustments could be um, could be very good. And he cer- certainly could. Um, but it, it definitely stings when he has outings like he did today. Yeah, and you know. Uh, <laughs> He was a little wild, and everyone was a little wild today. David Peterson had a lot of trouble finding the finding the zone. Um, Erasmo Ramirez looked real good. We'll get to him <laughs> in a second. He really did. He 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 looked calm. He looked collected. But we'll get to him in a second. Familia, um, for the first time in a while, did not look all that confident in, in any of his pitches. But um, he's had a, a nice run, and I hope that uh, gets himself back on track. But Castro had it, man, and and you know he was struggling with command but when he, when your stuff moves like that and you know this is right a, a page out of Edwin Diaz's book when you have exactly. movement like that on yep. your fastball you got to harness that you got to learn how to use that to your advantage and you can tell that he's still a youngish pitcher he's about 24 25 he hasn't quite caught up to his stuff yet as far as you know his having command over that great great stuff the velocity's there the movement's there it's really impressive to see um if the Mets had a little more depth or I, I don't want to say it's bull, bullpen management but um maybe it is 
you know, I don't want to point fingers because when you're dealing with a depleted roster, it's very tough to 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 get everyone in the right place at every every uh, at every point. But you kind of hope that um, guys like Miguel Castro aren't coming on for the for the tenth in a tie game um, unless they're truly ready for it. Well, it's a uh, I'd say it's a big step up from <laughs> the the first pitcher they used this season in the extra inning situation, right? That was Hunter Strickland. Oh, jeez, uh, Yeah. On, that is, is a, that, like a considerable step up opening weekend. So, and I, I really think it's interesting that you brought up the Diaz point because to me, Diaz and Castro are basically the same pitcher, except for the fact that Diaz is two years removed from one of the, one of the most dominant seasons by a closer ever. Um, you know, same kind of profile, same really amount of service time. Um, you know, Castro to me seems like he could either be an absolute steal at, at you know, the arbitration price for the next uh, two seasons, or he could be a non-tender candidate. You know, he's, he's just has this wide range of outcomes and uh, honestly feels like Diaz, uh, if, you know, if hadn't had the prior success and, and wasn't traded for, uh, for Jared, Mike Trout, Kelnick, uh, <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd be having kind of the same conversation, but um yeah, like like I said, it's it's uh, no no excuse time um, and just time to to do your job. Yeah, and like you know, I, I'm gonna uh, just because I have the Islanders game and they're singing the anthem, so my mind's going Islanders now. Um, if everyone does, akin to the Islanders, if everyone does their job, this is a you know a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, with an offense like the Mets have been putting out there. Well, they, that they've shown that they can put out there, you know, five innings and two, three runs that will suffice. If we can get it to the bullpen after six, even better. But, um, you know, it, it takes a village and this is a powerful, powerful village. And I, I, you know, just, you can't count them out. Um, extra or added inspiration from Tom Seavers passing aside, uh, a, a giant F you to the will ponds on their way out that you guys did us no favors and we're still going to succeed. Maybe that might take hold or that's just, uh, my, you know, wishful thinking on my part, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, until it's over, I'm not, I'm not counting anything out. Um, they've certainly had me on the ropes at times this year, but uh, you know, it always comes back to potential for me. I'm still pretty much on the, um, on the, on the bright side of the road with this team. I expect nothing less from you, Tim. My man. <laughs> what do you got going on this week, man? How's school? School's doing great. Um, you know, happy to, happy to be uh, out of the house and, and back, uh, you know, around my, around my peers. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the, uh, the college sports scene is kind of on the shelf for, uh, for the foreseeable future. I mean, we're, we're kind of hoping and praying that, that hockey and basketball will uh, be able to get there get their, uh, you know, priorities and protocols in, in order uh, in time for the season to start, perhaps looking at a, at a January start time for them. But, um, you know, otherwise it's, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of quiet on, on the weekends with, uh, you know, you usually have your, your soccer and your volleyball and, and field hockey, those, those kind of sports in the fall. And uh, it just feels like there's, there's something missing uh, without it. And, you know, it's, it's a little unfortunate that, that the, bubble concept that has worked for the NBA, the, the NHL. Um, it's not really feasible <laughs> at the college level because um, there's so much travel um, with, uh, you know, inter, inter school matchups, but um, you know, definitely glad that, that everyone's taking uh, 
the necessary steps to, to keep everyone healthy. Yeah. You know, you have to, that's all you can really hope for. Just, um, you know, keep your own and the safety of others. Uh, I guess kind of prioritize that. Do it. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for everybody else. And that whole bag. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, wild times, my man, wild times. Absolutely. Well, the lightning just took a one, nothing lead, like a minute into the game. So, uh, my mood just, <laughs> my mood just shifted a bit, but oh, it's okay. Man. This team has fighting them, man. How many leads did they come back from last series against Philly? Oh, you, you might not know, but a lot. No, nah, <laughs> it was, um, definitely, uh, I mean, I, I watch the games. I, I don't have a, a rooting interest, uh, either way. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely, definitely on, on your seat after, uh, after have seen a, a three, one lead, uh, in that, in that series be, be erased, um, and uh, fortunately for them, they were able to take care of business in uh, in game number seven. But uh, you know, Tampa Bay is uh, quite a, quite a club. Oh, that's a force, man. Yeah, they're um, that's a very very talented team. And even without uh, Steven Stamkos, who's a, a big goal scorer, but it's had trouble staying on the ice. That's still a, an elite team. Um, yeah, I can't. You know. I think game one might be a wash just because the Islanders have to travel from Toronto to Edmonton after game seven. Tampa Bay has been resting up for a few days. Uh, yeah, tonight might be a wash, but hopefully the, the Islanders can make a series out of it and shock the world, baby. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we're going to try and be back later in the week. And if, But if you don't hear from us then, uh, of course, we'll be back on Monday morning. Let's go Mets. Let's uh, cut this deficit and, and, and make a make a season out of this last few weeks. What do you got cooking on your end, Jacob? Oh man, I think uh, you know I, I, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm uh, I'm uh, being pessimistic on on the playoff chances, but I always got my, my eye on on the offseason and, and how the uh, how the situation with the roster is going to shake out a um, couple of interesting situations in terms of uh, options and uh, arbitration decisions, all that kind of stuff. So I'm starting to starting to you know put together some of the information. I'm going to probably have that uh, stuff coming out in a, in a series of articles over the, the coming weeks. Um, never, never too early to uh, prepare for, for that kind of stuff, but um, you know, just kind of on the, on the edge of my seat, waiting for uh, waiting for this team to uh, get get firmly back in a in a playoff position because I think we we both know they can they can do it. <laughs> they can, they can, man. Just get get hot at the right time, catch a couple of breaks, and that's that. All right, so everybody, check out Mesmerized because Jacob's there. A whole roster of excellent writers are there. I miss you, man. Oh, I, dude, I miss the site too. I've been kind of lost. Um, I wrote a little Islanders stuff over the weekend, and that was fun. It was nice to get behind the keyboard again. But, um, yeah, you know, check out Simply Amazing Blog on Medium. I think I'll have a couple of things coming out this week uh, just to, you know, knock the rust off, keep me fresh. But, uh, yeah, check that out. Of course, subscribe, rate, review on the pod because uh, we could use all, all the support we can get right now. And, and let's go Mets and let's go Isles too. Cause I know the, the blue and orange does very well with this crowd. So let's, let's go boys. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Jacob. Thanks again so much for coming on. Pat. Yeah.